Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment Podcast, I'm interviewing Louise Turner, who's Head of Intelligence in the UK and Ireland for Edelman. Louise works with the global team and heads up the UK part of Edelman's Trust Barometer Research, and she's here to tell us about the UK findings in a global context. Louise, welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Thanks. Just a quick plug about the PR Moment Awards. It's going to be our biggest ever year, so if you haven't got your ticket yet, please do get a move on. And I should say thanks very much to our podcast sponsor, the PRCA. Louise, can you just give us a quick overview of the 2019 Edelman Trust Barometer findings? Gladly. Thanks, Ben. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Edelman Trust Barometer is one of the world's largest studies of trust. So we survey 33,000 people in 27 markets each year, which gives us such a broad base of insight to understand what's going on in the world today and how trusted different institutions are that govern people's lives. So so we launched our 2019 Trust Barometer at the start of this year and some of the key findings coming through really are that we saw modest rises in trust this year actually which was uh, fairly surprising mm. um, and alongside those modest increases really they come from different places. So we saw our trust levels in the four institutions that govern people's lives. So government, media, NGOs and businesses. We saw trust in those institutions really diverge. So we study a group of people that we call the informed public group. So they are upper quartile in terms of income. They are really informed when it comes to, to business news um, and they're college educated. So we saw that group of informed publics really move away from the mass population, which is everybody else, okay. in terms of trust levels. So we are seeing, uh, we are returning to a record inequality quality of trust between those two groups globally. And just to be clear, the elites are more trustworthy. The elites are more trusting of trusting, institutions. Sorry, yes, trusting. absolutely. Right. No, no, quite all right. Yeah. <laughs> so they have higher levels of trust in the institutions that govern our lives. And we saw that come through exceptionally strongly in the UK. The UK has the biggest gap in trust between those two groups of all the 27 markets that we studied this year. So there's other findings which we'll talk about today in terms of the anxiety of the UK population and the global population that underpins those differing trust levels, a real desire for change, both on an individual level, a societal level and from businesses too, um, and some gaps that our governments are leaving in terms of trust and, and doing a good job that people are looking for businesses to step up into. Right. Let's come on to the the implications for UK society on, and, and governments and things like that in a moment um, of those trust scores. But it's quite, I always think a longitudinal study just gives you so, it's quite fun, mm. isn't it, to look at the changes <laughs> over time. Just remind me, wait, how long has it been going? Roughly so the, this is our 19th year. 19th, so you can properly plot some, and presumably the the uh, the, the, the technology or the techniques, research techniques have changed a bit, but you've got a nice um, 
comparison over a decent length of time to see what's going on in different different mm. markets. Absolutely. And as someone that heads up a research and insight team, I love a good load of data that, yeah, we, that yeah, we can yeah. look back on. But there's on. not many, are there, that go on for us? I mean, are there no, any? There's absolutely. none. There? I mean, within trust, obviously, it is the only one, really. And yeah, there, there isn't a study that goes back as far or is as comprehensive globally right. uh, in the countries that it looks at and, and the size. And, and it's one of the few, it. really. I mean, all, most PR firms have, a, have an attempt at creating their own <laughs> IP, but Edelman is the only one really that seems to have jumped out of the the PR echo chamber, for want of a better phrase. So mm. it's interesting. It's interesting how that's done that. And I'm, yeah. sure, you'll, I'm sure you'll probably say that's because of Edelman's good PR. I don't know. But, <laughs> no, um, no, no. We we the think quality of the research. I'm sure. The quality of the research. <laughs> we think it's really important at Edelman to base what we do on evidence. Right. So ha- having the trust barometer really underpins our point of view on the world. Trust is incredibly important to us across Edelman. It drives so much when it comes to the bottom line of businesses, how stakeholders perceive uh, a corporate the employee engagement that results off the back of trust, the investor decisions that are made because of trust. So, yes, it really underpins our point of view and trust is very important to us. Sure. We'll put this in the in the notes alongside um, the show. But, I mean, it's important to say at this point, uh, uh, you make a lot of this data accessible for free, don't you? So yep, this isn't, you know, this yeah. isn't come and be a client of Edelman type. <laughs> but, I mean, that may, that may, that that may too, be a side note. But, but, but my point being, a lot of this, you, you know, you do share a lot of it and credit to you guys for that. And we'll, we'll we'll show you that, that there's a um, that there's some 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 good slides that we can share with the uh, the listeners on that. Now, just going back to what you're saying about the the, the variance between the elites and the mass population, um, it, it, it's it's a bit troubling, isn't it? The UK has the the, the highest variance between um, the elites and, as I say, the mass population in, in government, the media, and business. What are the reasons for that, would you say? Is it is it that dreaded B word? What's, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. We could play Brexit bingo through our conversation today. <laughs> well, yes, I, th- I think very much that's part of it. So the, the difference that we're seeing, so the mass population have a 40% trust score across all those four institutions, an aggregate okay. of those four, compared to the elites having a trust score of 64%. And so just to size it for our listeners, those that 24-point difference is is um, almost double the average difference we see across other countries, which is a 13%. So it gives you a sense of the size. Um, And yes, I think think very much um, it's classic populism that has been around for 20 or more years that's really accelerated in the past few years. And this real divide between how people uh, perceive different groups in society. People feel ignored by our government, not represented by our government. Um, and Brexit really, yes, is a, is a symptom of that. It's been very widely discussed, yeah. uh, the, these different issues. I think we can, uh, whilst the numbers and the size of the disparity is surprising, some of the underlying reasons, we, we feel them and we see them in our day-to-day lives. And what's the difference between in, in trust score between 2018 and 2019? I'm just wondering that... Variance has obviously increased, but to what extent? Is it is it doubled? Is it a, a relatively yeah, small percentage? That, that's a good question. So we've actually seen a, a small increase in terms okay. of that overall trust score, but very small. I okay. mean, you could say it's held steady, really. Right. Um, it's that gap that's got a touch wider, right. yes. Okay. Um, and in the absence of a strong government and Brexit and all those complicated web of issues... 
um, has had on 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 trust scores. Um, what are the implications of that? Would you say for for brands and for communicators? Mm, there are many. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have some really nice evidence and statistics that really show how people are feeling the absence of a strong government. So six in ten of the population in the UK feel that the government doesn't listen to people like them. The same size group feel that their views aren't represented in British politics. Um, And what are the implications? Well, six in ten tell us that they're worried about the impact of Brexit on how people in this country treat each other. So there are some big societal impacts. Perhaps unsurprisingly, that's really high for those that voted Remain. Uh, 78% of people agreeing with that and much lower for those who voted Leave at 39%. Although depending what happens next month, that that could turn on its head. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Stay tuned. (laughs) But it's Um, so difficult for brands to try and navigate their way through that. I mean, the temptation is just to say, just to ignore it because frankly it changes so regularly. But uh, I'm assuming that... Um, that's not best practice. Yes, and it's not a case of brands and businesses wading in and and telling everyone what to think and giving their point of view. But there are other changes that surround that 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 brands can really take advantage of. So we are seeing media engagement rocket. People are re-engaging with the media. They are 33... When we say the media, what what bits are are there any... Oh, yes, uh, good question. Uh, All sorts. So um, it can include anything from traditional media, online-only media... Traditional media. means print? Uh, it can be, okay. yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, print, radio, broadcast okay. media, that Great. kind of thing too. Okay. Um, but also news through social too. Right. So a, a very broad definition of, of the news today. Um, but 35% of the UK are saying they're reading the news more than they used to. And we're seeing real jumps in not only people reading the news, but also sharing and amplifying the news. So what a great opportunity then for brands and businesses to use that re-engagement with the media as a voice for uh, some of the messages and the conversations that they want to be having. So it's not all bad news <laughs> in terms of the worries and anxieties. There are other behaviours going on around that. It's that complicated though, isn't it, for brands? It, it, yes. It's agreed, not. Yes. I mean, it is. It's, <laughs> then it, presumably, there are, there's a risk and rewards for, for engaging in this stuff. Um, and, and people want crave leadership, of course, yeah. but it doesn't come without without its risks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what is so within that context? What is what does the UK public expect from business? Would you say do they 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 want to be led? But are there any trends about what what successful leadership looks like? I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we um, both we explicitly asked people about this in the Trust Barometer study. And there are also uh, some of the contextual findings that, that uh, allow us to make sense of those answers too. So first of all, we this vacuum of trust, if you like, where people are distrusting in many institutions in our lives, people are saying that they want businesses to step up and fill that vacuum. So 79% of the UK say, I want businesses to step up and lead on change rather than waiting for governments to drive it. So that's a really huge uh, sentiment of people saying, as as you mentioned, look, I'm looking for leadership here. I'm not seeing it from the government. 
businesses have a role to contribute to that and address societal issues, talk about the things that are going on today. So there's a very much sort of outward focus to to what people expect from businesses. That's also up nearly 20 points from last year too. So that's that's oh. a huge shift. Year and that's on amongst year. both groups, both the elites yes, and the mass population. Yes, total UK population, right, okay. yes. So uh, a, that's a really strong change, so strong sentiment. Um, but also people expect businesses to uh, look inwards too. So this year we've seen some really strong findings coming through about the role of looking after employees and making sure that people employed in your business have, uh, yes, the right job opportunities, personal empowerment, but also are contributing to, uh, are seeing how their employer contributes to society as well. People said to us that treating employees well was their number one expectation from businesses, over and above looking after customers well. So there's this real flip of uh, don't, treat customers as top priority at the expense of the people working for your business. So, yes, there are outward responsibilities that people want from businesses, but businesses also need to look inwards and making sure they are um, looking after their employee base as well. And is that um, both... I mean, I can see where that, that, that comes from, from a large company perspective, but the vast majority of businesses, obviously SMEs, yes. does... does, does is that you get? Do you get the feeling that that's the same for? Or does the research say that's the same for for SMEs as well? Yeah, very much so. So it's not just about changing the world, yeah, okay. <laughs> which yeah. you may be able to do in your in your larger multinationals and have a much larger workforce to mobilise and, and bigger issues to have an impact on. But it's about making sure that employees understand the impact of the work they are doing on whatever audience that might be, and they see it and they feel it. So it might be at a at a smaller scale, but the immediacy of understanding the impact of your work and what that affects uh, is ever more important to people today. Right. Um, and so just delving a bit deeper on, on that then, the... the, the what, just talk to me through the the, the numbers on the trust um, that it, it scores that the employees had in their employers this year. Is that um, some, some details on that? Yeah, there, there's some really interesting findings. So we in the past. I don't know, let's say eight to 10 years, that the benefit, as we said, of having nearly 20 years worth of tracking data, we used to see trust very much as, as a top-down mechanic. Then it shifted from peer-to-peer uh, with the rise of influencers. And now we're really seeing this year trust becoming very local. So trust in your employer is much higher than trust that you have in any other institutions that that govern your lives. So for the UK, that's at 73%. Globally, it's just a touch higher at 75 But that's so much higher than the scores we're seeing for other institutions down in so the what, early 40s. So what's 40s. the government? Okay, right. Yeah, down really? in the early 40s. Um, in aggregate, the other four are 43 together. So you have so much more trust in your employer um, and that gives and you such an opportunity, really. And, and compared to 
19 years ago or whenever it was has that turned on its head uh, well, I mean uh, you, that might oh, put off you the top of my the, head yeah, what's okay, the 19, right. was, 19 years you, ago uh, as a general trend you know what I mean has that because my yeah. when I think back to my childhood I would always imagine that the the government was more trusted than than, than companies that might have been me just being a naive little kid but but you know, I, I, I suspect we may have seen some some, ch- some some significant changes on that no absolutely and we have um, as I say it, it very much has moved more local this this distrust that we see of institutions that are not as close to us that are further away that has uh, that is very low today so yeah. yes there have been some big shifts over time it's a difficult one isn't it I mean how on earth do those big institutions turn that around I mean it's I mean that's <laughs> yes. that is it's yeah. absolutely critical that they do to society but that is a a, 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 a job above my pay grade put it that way <laughs> probably above mine too <laughs> I mean um, this year at Edelman we did um, a big project actually to refresh our understanding of trust today we worked with leading academics we worked with people across our global business we did some separate research to validate um, some different elements and we have updated our framework of trust, our understanding of trust and the levers that oh, okay. an organisation needs to pull to increase trust. So uh, if only we could effect some of those things across government total <laughs> and media total, um, we might see some impact. But we, yes, we do have, we do know what the things are that increase trust. It's uh, about effecting those consistently over time, authentically, in the right way, with the right spokespeople. When so you say effectively, and what are those levers? Can we just talk? Yeah. Or, are they, or are there 50 of them? Are there, are there, no, are no, there, like, there are only four, so, okay. so nice and quick. It won't take an hour of your time <laughs> <laughs> running you through the 50. Um, so we know that ability is, is a really key part of trust. So are you good at what you do? We know that integrity uh, is a really important part of Uh, trust are you honest we know that dependability is key in trust too uh do you keep your promises are you trusted to be dependable um and purpose as well so your impact on society so that's they are the things that that make up trust and and broadly if you do a good job on those four your score goes up and if you do a bad job your score goes down Okay. Exactly that. Right. Um, we have an Edelman Net Trust score now too, which we have benchmarks of and norms as well. So there are there are plenty of ways to to track performance on those things too. Okay. Um, no, I suspect it's an impossible question. But what is it? What is a good trust score, uh, or, or is it just about your competitor set? What, how does it? Just talk me through how that. Is there a score that makes me need need to need to worry? Is there a score that makes me need to panic, or is there a score that makes me I should feel reassured by? Yes, that's a good question. Um, and your your hypothesis is correct there in that it does depend on the context. It depends on your competitors. So. Um, in our refresh, we found that um, trust is really, really contextual. It depends on who you are as a person, your attitude to risk, interestingly, alongside many demographic pieces too, the country you live in, um, as well as all others, age, your life stage, that kind of thing. Um, but also uh, trust in a business depends on the sector very heavily as well. So we know that companies in the tech sector have a big halo of trust. 
not to say every tech company <laughs> is highly trusted, but there is... Really? Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, very that much so. surprises me. Okay. Big, big variation, but there is an inherent trust equity in that sector that other sectors don't uh, experience as much. Right. And it depends who you are too. We know that um, government audiences and regulators often have high trust in businesses. NGOs are very cynical. The general public uh, sits okay. somewhere in the middle. So, so it's so not just... Very dependent. It's not just it's not just about sector, although clearly it is. If you're a financial services company, you can pay yourself to other financial services companies. Yes. It's also about who's asking the question. Yes. So if government's asking a question yes. about financial services, yes. you'll get a different trust score than you will if an NGO is talking. Okay, that's it. I hadn't thought yeah. about that, but I guess yeah. that makes sense in my head. It's yeah. very complicated. Is the short answer? But those, <laughs> but those interrelationships within trust, you know, mm. it's a proper, you know, it's a, it's, it, it really does depend who your who your audience is and who you're yeah. trying to engage with at any one moment in time. Yes, and and being very specific on those things and understanding the holistic picture across all of those things allows you to understand your trust and build your trust too. It's um, breaking it down, gives you much more information about about where you are today. I just want to talk a bit about the media, Um, just in terms of the different types of channels that are available Mm. um, and and the relative trust, I suppose, within those different media channels. just talk me through that. Yes, so that that's a big part of the Trust Barometer study each year as we look into uh, how, what, what are the most trusted ways to communicate? How, yeah. uh, how should a business or a brand be using those different channels differently because they each have inherently different levels of trust? I, I remember, I think last year was broadcast had a good year, didn't it? So I think Howard from Marketeers here was very yes. happy about that. And, <laughs> and social media, which had been on, had a good run, was, was looking at a terrible year. So it, yes. it, how's that gone in 2019? Well, it's um, uh, the, the order in terms of trust is very similar. So we do see uh, traditional and broadcast media still topping the trust levels in the UK. So they have a trust score of 60, for example, this year. Um, Just sorry, I know it, but just tell me me about... What, tradi- traditional, what does that mean? Yes, so we um, we encompass different things when we talk about traditional. Um, we don't define it super specifically for people, but we say this can include things like reading the news, listening to the radio, watching the news on the TV, okay. that, that kind of But thing. if I go onto the Telegraph or the Times website, it's still traditional in, in well, I suppose it depends on the... We separate our online only media, okay. so the Huffington Post, that, that right, kind yeah. of thing too. But traditional media could be across either okay. of those, absolutely. Sorry, go on. No, I'll, no, no. I'll no. shut up now. Quite right. No, important yeah. to clarify. <laughs> so traditional media, really highly trusted. So when you use traditional media, when you're using earned media, you have inherently a higher level of trust to start with, right? It's the trust that comes along with the channel. Um, search and online only kind of come middling in terms of trust levels. And actually, we've seen a bit of an increase in trust in owned media too. So okay. a brand or business's uh, channels themselves, whether that be their website or their or their social pages too. Um, but social media in and of itself does come again last in terms of trust level. So in the UK, they sit at a trust level of 29%. Compared so to traditional at, at 60. Okay, right. So you can see that big span of difference there. And what are the implications of, of that? Presumably it means that people like you and I as consumers 
are more likely to take note to act upon something that we read about in in earned media than we will on social. Is that the the, the hypothesis we're, we're kind of suggesting? Yes, you you could, I mean the it means that you trust you trust that channel more. You trust information in that channel more. That source for for news and information. You could infer yes that you're more likely to act on something if you if you trust it more. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and it doesn't mean stop using social. <laughs> Only use one channel for your communications. But it means that we as uh, PR professionals, as marketers, as communicators, have to really think about the inherent trust that the channel has as we plan our communications. So it might be that on social we have to work harder with our messaging, our tone of voice, the imagery we use to gain trust. And if we are putting out a message through an earned channel in traditional media, we might have some more of that trust inherently already through the channel. So but the channels, considerations. The ch- channels very rarely operate in isolation, do they? So you're, you're, you may well have a traditional media brand sharing its content through social, which presumably, well, that, that complicates things. It may be that your research doesn't quite, because it's quite a personal thing, that, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, um, yes. But if it, just think about, per, uh, if I'm on Facebook and I see a, mm-hmm. a, a URL that I've never heard of, I probably, probably would go, oh, that's a lot of nonsense. If it's on a, a media brand that I do respect, I go, oh, okay, yeah, I'll have a look at that. Yeah, so, and I, I imagine that happens. That so it's it's that in again it's the interrelation isn't it between the media brands that's quite interesting. Yeah, um, very much so. And and yes, they absolutely interrelate. It's not that um, things live as cleanly in real life as they do <laughs> as they do in a research study. So yeah, okay. yeah definitely. Um, what this gives us is considerations as we are thinking about about planning that activity. And just on just to focus on social media um, for a while. W- when did that trust score for social media? start dropping was that was it last year I, I, I can't remember was last year it fell, it fell away a lot didn't it it really did uh, is yes. that is that is that part of a longer term trend or did it was it looking good and then suddenly it just bottomed out yeah well so in in the uk um it was never that social was our most trusted no. channel so it didn't it never reached the heady heights of anywhere near the 50s or 60s in terms of trust levels but it did used to be a touch higher into the early 30s um, particularly up to about four or five years ago. And then in the past four years or so, we've seen it steadily decrease and it reached a low last year. Last year, uh, mm. when we were chatting, we talked a lot about how uh, trust had really bottomed out when it came to social. So this year we have seen a little recovery. It's gone I, up I mean, a I'm surprised by that. Points, I but... mean, ju- just as observer mm. of the news this last year, the number of you know those social media companies have had a tough old time, haven't they? Um, so I'm, I mean, it's come back, but yeah, it's in, it's interesting that it has come back a bit, even. Yeah, but, um, and I think it's come back in the context of remember right early on I said oh there have been uh, a few modest rises in trust. I think I think it's part of that. I don't think that social media companies, as you said, have made great strides in gaining back people's trust in the last 12 months. I think there's definitely further to go there. Um, It's only increased a couple of percentage points just from the rock bottom lows that we saw last year. So key headline very much still distrusted inherently. Okay. Just going back to your... Sorry, how do you describe them as your your ability... um, 
dependability, purpose. Yeah, the, the uh, drivers of trust. Drivers of yes. trust, exactly. So if you're a, I suppose if you're, first of all, if you're, if you're, if you find you've got a low trust score as mm-hmm. a brand, <laughs> you presumably look at those drivers of trust uh, and they're, they're your clue to how to turn that around, are they? Yes, absolutely. So um, at Edelman, within my team, the research and insight team, we help clients understand where they are sitting in terms of their trust levels, their Edelman Net Trust Score, and those those four uh, drivers. And then we work with other teams across Edelman to really infuse those things into our framework of thinking. So as we are planning activity for clients, it's those things that we are looking to hit through the activity because we know that those are the things that will drive trust. And then from trust come a load of business outcomes okay. that drive success for, for businesses so, and brands. So interestingly, there's a sort of a base level um, and then you get your drivers and, and you can measure... Whether or not your trust in, improves yes. or doesn't, yes. and sometimes presumably that's down to external factors that may or may not be in your control, and, and it, oh, therefore yes. it doesn't always have a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. okay. Oh yes, and it can be that you, uh, as a business, you go through a crisis and yeah. you see your your trust levels decrease. But if they were high before and you have that trust equity, you're able to weather a crisis better as a yeah. business than if you had rock bottom. Trust levels. I, I mean, that's so yes, not always in your control. <laughs> that's a lovely link to my next question. I mean, that, that, so finally, I was just going to ask what the we, we talk about trust as this um, the, this sort of um, wrapper of um, of protection, if you like, for mm. a company. Is that just talk us through the benefits of trust? If you know, if, if you are well a well trusted organisation, what is it that you you benefit from compared to a, a lesser? Um, mm. trusted company? Yeah, great question. Um, there's there's lots of lovely benefits. So as we've just said, you, you weather a crisis better, you're more resilient to a crisis. Just because, frankly, people forgive you quicker. Yes, in, yes, in, yeah. Basic Absolutely. terms, yeah. Okay. You have you have a better relationship with them to start with. They're they're more likely to see your your side. Um, we see lots of lovely benefits from a consumer point of view for businesses and brands for for whom that's a relevant audience. Are you sell more stuff? Yes, consumers. Like you. Yes, okay. are likely to buy more. They're likely to buy your uh, innovations and your new product releases first. They're likely to advocate for you and defend uh, against criticism too. We see benefits from employees. So employee engagement is higher for trusted businesses and uh, advocacy as well, really building that employer brand. Um, We see that the general public are less likely to lobby for regulation uh, for businesses that they trust and in sectors that they trust. Uh, We see institutional investors from a a financial community point of view more likely to invest in businesses they trust. And we've also got some emerging analysis that shows a relationship between stock price and trust as well. So across really the ecosystem of stakeholders that a, a business has... Many benefits of trust <laughs> is the conclusion. <laughs> and the um, how how much protection is there? How much insurance is there with your with your trust? If you see what I mean, if you mm. if, if you if it goes wrong, how quickly can it go wrong? I mean, I suppose it depends on the on on, on 
on what happens, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it, absolutely. It depends on uh, the business, the sector, what happens. I mean, we know that for some companies it can go very wrong very quickly. Yeah. Um, yet for others, there are different events that cause things to go wrong at a slower pace. So it's it's absolutely dependent on, on the situation and particular business. But undoubtedly, uh, trust does help a business recover mm. those situations and, and start to Oh, it's quite interesting, isn't it? We didn't talk about this on the pre-show chat, so I'm just sort of talking, um, talking more widely now. Um, the when you see a PR crisis, quite often that the share price takes a big hit, but very often it goes back up quite quickly, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And you know, it's not all about the share price. Um, but do you see that sort of similar trend with, with, with in a crisis situation with trust scores, or, yeah, or does it so just? It's really interesting and it's uh, combining different data sources is always the best way of figuring out really what's going on, right? Um, So uh, sometimes combining trust with something like stock price enables you to see the bigger picture. So uh, for some case studies that, that we've looked at and clients we've worked with, stock price might bounce right back up. But trust stays lower. And that's a warning sign for a business to say you haven't recovered your trust equity. There is more that you need to do here. On the surface, everything might look peachy. (laughs) Your stock price has recovered. You may see many people inside the business saying, well, no problem. We're back to normal. But trust can often be an advanced warning sign of whichever stakeholder group you're measuring. It might be the general public. It might might be another group. There is more to do to recover uh, your reputation, your your trust, your standing. So um, often the combination of the two can tell us more than stock price alone. Okay. And I just I just gonna explore um, penultimately the the just give us an insight to the global trends. What were what were those? It was that, that the main thing was that back to that elite versus the mass population variance was it? Is that was that something that across the world we're, we're kind of witnessing? Yeah, very much so. So much of what we've talked about today in relation to the UK uh, are uh, applicable globally too. So. Very much the the inequality we spoke about earlier is global. Very much the media re-engagement we've seen globally too. Um, The desire for change, the desire for uh, individual, societal and businesses to step up and lead change and sort out the things we're going through in the world today. So it's not not that the UK is particularly an island with this stuff. We're quite an extreme example, but the trends are... Quite, quite worldwide. Absolutely, and okay. and the employer, the employer trust, and and trust being uh, very local, and you having that opportunity as a business with your employee base. We've seen that globally too. So, okay. as you say, very consistent. We may be more extreme in some cases, and we have some tangible examples uh, to talk about. But we're seeing these things happening globally okay. too. And just finally, on on the sector side of things, are there some sectors that have had a good year, uh, or maybe a bad year? I don't know. Um, um, if there's been some movement there, um, not not as interestingly as sometimes in, in past years, we have okay. seen some sectors move, and some sectors are experiencing 
a sort of four or five year high. But the order in which we see the sectors rank in terms of trust levels is very consistent year on year. So we're still seeing tech really out at the front. Sadly, financial services still languishing at the bottom. So um, there's not big sector moves. That does hint to the complexity (laughs) to the emotion of trust, doesn't it? Because we we give these people our money, in essence, financial services companies, and then we say we don't trust them, which... um, um, it, it is always a, a, um, a slight <laughs> irony on the on the yes. whole on the whole premise. I think, Louise, thank you so much. But it was a total pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.